Welcome to my podcast, and it's a pleasure to have a special guest with me today, uh, basically part of the uh, 16th Montreal International Black Film Festival. It's continuing until October 4th, and due to COVID-19, like everything else, it's all online. And the great thing about this is once it's posted, uh, it's not like going to a theater where, you know, you've got to go Wednesday night and you might not have another chance to see it. Uh, it, it remains posted on the site, and such is the case for the film that kicked things off called The Cuban, starring Oscar winner Louis Gossett Jr. Uh, joining me uh, from uh, Ontario near Lake Simcoe is the uh, film director, Sergio Navarretta. Welcome, Sergio. Thank you for having me, Michael. Thank you so much. All right, well, it's great to talk to you, and I'm glad uh, that I had a chance last night to watch the film. And I, I have to tell you, I love going to movie theaters. I love seeing movies on the big screen. But I also like the convenience of the fact that, uh, you know, at normal circumstances, had I been offered an interview with you and not seen the film and not been there Wednesday, uh, you know, I might have had to wait a little bit. Uh, so uh, first off, let me congratulate you. This is a really beautiful film. You must be very proud. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I am incredibly proud. It's been uh I guess one of the most memorable journeys of, of my entire career for for many reasons. I mean, one is, uh, you know, working with that caliber of talent. Two is um, it's just how incredibly personal the film is to me. And three, just releasing it during an unprecedented global pandemic, which none of us could have ever imagined a year ago. Absolutely. So basically the premise is uh, an unexpected friendship begins between this elderly Cuban musician with dementia, played by Louis Gossett Jr. And he, he's brought out of his shell by his care worker. This is a disillusioned young pre-med Afghan student named Mina, played by Anna Goitsha. Uh, and uh, this, their shared love of music, uh, through it, you could see both their lives are changed. And it was amazing. I, you know, I, 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 I got, it was very, it was very emotional. I have to tell you, I, I got very emotional, got choked up at certain points watching it. You must have directing it. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, as a director, I have to almost suppress those feelings and keep it together. Um, but yes, it, there were moments uh, without giving away too much uh, that moment of uh, Luis in the bed. Uh, when we shot that scene, um, that was, I think, Sharia Gash's first day on set. And I just, you know, everybody on the, the crew and the cast, I looked around and everybody was in, in tears. It was, uh, you know, I think, I think the film is incredibly personal uh, to everybody that worked on it. Um, some of them admitted it to me when they signed up to do the film, and others, I found out later, had a father with, that was suffering with dementia or, you know, an aunt. And, you know, I've heard so many heartwarming stories. But yes, and, you know, the, I guess my goal with the film was to make something uplifting. And uh, so I hope that that came through as well through, uh, you know, Afro-Cuban jazz is so infectious. It's such a, a jovial, upbeat uh, music that, uh, that hopefully was um, a good balance to the more emotional, impactful scenes. And it, it must have been a real thrill to be directing a star like Louis Gossett Jr. I mean, I always think of him from an officer and a gentleman. Uh, he usually plays this really tough, tough guy. Uh, he's must be in his 80s right now, but he's. I looked on IMDb, still making one movie after another. But this is not the typical type of uh, role that you would expect to see Louis Gossett uh, Jr. And in fact, he has very little dialogue in the whole film. His acting is almost 
by his expressions, by his movements. Uh, it, it must have been a really a different uh, situation for him as well. Yeah, and I, I like to, I guess, cast against type uh, without sounding too cliche, but just really um, pushing myself to imagine different kinds of actors in different roles. And um, he has such a, a, a soft, tender side, and uh, he really nails all those emotional moments and really communicates through his eyes and through his expressions. And that's when I, I knew after the, you know, I called action the first take, I knew that I was in the presence of one of the true greats and uh, he's just a living legend, you know, his experience at the actor's studio and 60 years of making films and television, that's what you get. You know, you, you, you really, uh, he really shines in this movie and in a beautiful way. He definitely does. Now, uh, I noticed it was interesting in the press release that this is the new COVID, uh, COVID terminology. Uh, this was a drive-in release. So uh, this is where it, it, it began in the drive-in theaters, basically, because uh, it didn't really get onto the movie screens. Yeah. So in March, um, we had uh, come off an incredible uh, festival run. Uh, we were at the Pan-African Film Festival in Los Angeles, and you know, winning the audience award out of 220 films. It was an incredible honor. Um, and then all of a sudden this, you know, pandemic hit and we had to rethink our entire plan. So initially the thinking was, let's just shelve it and wait till this pandemic is over and then, uh, and then release the movie. And then at a certain point, I just couldn't accept that. I mean, we, we had worked too hard and people had put too much love and passion into this that uh, we had to find creative ways to get it out to audiences. And, I think it's suitable for the drive-in. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's reminiscent of, uh, of a, a past era, you know, when you see those 1950s cars and in the, in, we'll call them flashback scenes. Um, it's just so beautiful to see that on a big screen at a drive-in. It's also very convenient for people like me uh, who uh, could simply get in front of your, your uh, iPad, uh, your computer, or even your iPhone and just watch it wherever you are. You could be in a car, you could be at home. Uh, and uh, the convenience of it, uh, you know, and so on and so forth, sharing it with other members of the family. Yeah, so, it, you know, we um, we released it in 52 cities in America, and it was all virtual. Um, so a lot of the art house cinemas pivoted fairly quickly and set up these online um, screening rooms. And so their patrons could, uh, you know, pay their ticket and and sit at home in the comfort of their living room and watch a movie. So with the Black um, International Film Festival, um, that was one of the advantages. So we, we had the honor of opening the festival, and now it will play the entire time until October 4th, when, uh, you know, on the final day. So that part of it, you know, there's always a silver lining, and I think we've learned so much during this period. And one of the things, the big takeaways is that we can do a lot more uh, – you know, virtually, including doing a internet, uh, you know, North American press tour with my cast. You know, we did all that in basically in our pajamas and our, in our, yeah. you know, sports jackets. So it, it was uh, it was pretty incredible. Uh, we wouldn't have been able to do that pre-COVID. So, yeah. Well, well, film um, film festivals like this specifically, I think, are even more important uh, in the midst of uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, and I guess. Uh, what is the responsibility of a filmmaker that, you know, in, in terms of the representation of the black community on the silver screen, obviously Louis Gossett Jr. is your lead character here. Um, is that something, I mean, uh, that's, that's going through the mind of filmmakers right now? 
I believe so. I believe there's a, a natural reckoning happening uh, as a result of Black Lives Matter, as a result of the movement. And, you know, film festivals like this are extremely important to mirror back to us who we are as people, as a society, and really reflect on some of the uglier parts, the, the underbelly or that kind of uh, history that in some ways, even in places like Canada, has been whitewashed. Um, when I got into film, I set out to make socially conscious films and, you know, <laughs> people would give me the eye rolls and, uh, you know, all that sounds very niche, you know, but I, I believe there's a place for making commercial films uh, for wide audiences that have a social message. And um, I have to say, I mean, I didn't sit around thinking about, you know, let me cast uh, Lou Gossett because he's uh, an iconic black actor and, you know, Afghan actors and uh, let's set it in Cuba. Those things didn't run through my mind. I I came to it honestly uh, just, you know, as a product of growing up in a very multicultural city where I was surrounded by so many different cultures and heritages and it just feeds my curiosity and um i i just you know i i hope that a lot of the conversations that are happening now around uh representation are taken seriously and that uh if you don't come by it honestly if, if that's not the way you grew up well you, you should start thinking about it because audiences aren't uh you know one color or one race uh, you know it's uh we need those diverse stories uh reflected back to us and and uh, I think, you know, that very much is the role of an artist and a, and a filmmaker. My last question for you is, were, you know, the pandemic halted everything in March. How, how are you doing right now? How are film directors proceeding? Are you proceeding to, to produce and direct films now as we speak? Um, it, for me personally, uh, I got busy very, very, you know, fairly quickly uh, sitting on, you know, various panels and task force meetings and trying to figure out the future of the industry and how to continue creating. And I, I really kind of, I guess, uh, deluded myself into thinking this is a renaissance period and this is an incubation period where we can uh, really think about the content that we want to create and prepare products because I think Canada has, has, has done fairly well uh, internationally with this pandemic and uh, we're open for business in terms of production. So, you know, it's, it's going to be difficult to wrap our heads around the new reality of being on set with masks on in our own little bubbles. Uh, it sort of goes against the social element of being on set, but uh, we will forge on and uh, you know, the industry has adapted to so many changes over the last hundred years. So this is the, another you know, potential challenge, but also an opportunity for us to step up and uh, and rise to the occasion. Very interesting. Uh, so uh, listeners will find a link to the festival website in the description of this podcast. Uh, lots of great films. That I definitely would recommend this one. I congratulate uh, Fabian Nicolas the, and her team, the president and yeah. founder. And uh, yeah. Sergio, thank you very much for your time. Best of luck and hope to see you when you come to Montreal sometime in the future. It's one of my favorite cities, and it's where I premiered my first film, Looking for Angelina. So I love Montreal, and I hope to see you and everyone in person soon. And thank you for all your support. I really appreciate it. Great. Thanks. It's been great talking to you. Thank you, Michael. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.